Well, welcome to our Palm Sunday service, um, our very unusual Palm Sunday service. Um, if anyone's been following along the last few weeks, uh, when you take the music out of a service, it gets really short, even short for my standards. Um, so, you know, it won't take us too long to, to get through this morning, but um, hopefully the fact that we're able to do it together will help um, ease a lot of... Uh, concerns ease a lot of minds uh, as we as we take a look at things and let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship awake to the day of triumph for our Savior give thanks for this day that leads to the cross come with your branches hosannas and songs fill the air with welcome to the Lord Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And as we gather this morning, let us pray for the people. Our Savior comes to us humbly riding a donkey and proclaiming a message of peace. Let us pray for the church, for earth, and all its creatures, and for all people in need, saying, God of mercy, hear our prayer that Christians hear and share the word of God as true disciples. God of mercy, hear our prayer. That all ends of the earth receive the words of the King of peace. God of mercy, hear our prayer. That all leaders of church and of state prefer humble service to empty power. God of mercy, hear our prayer. That all people live with gratitude for the gifts of nourishment, friendship, family, trust, patience, and hope with the courage and wisdom to change whatever fails to be life-giving. God of mercy, hear our prayer. That those who see the cross starkly revealed in their lives draw strength from the name that is above every other name. God of mercy, hear our prayer. That we might live with gratitude for our ancestors whose faith and witness have nourished our own. That all who mourn today will be comforted. And that we who hope to greet Jesus when he comes again will be ready and filled with joy. God of mercy, hear our prayer. God, our creator, you show your sons and daughters the way to freedom through the gentle obedience of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Our scripture this morning is Matthew. 21, verse 1 through 11. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. 
This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell your daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples did and went and did as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It has been interesting to me over the last several weeks that in many regards we are living lives not too different than the first Christians. We are getting our information from Jesus slower and much more by word of mouth than we are used to or than we would prefer. And although we do not have to practice our faith in secret, we are practicing in seclusion, creating our very own first century house churches within the four walls of our own spaces. There is uncertainty surrounding a great many things in our lives these days, just as in the days of the early Christians. But one thing that is for certain and always has been and always will be is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And as surely as he came into the city of Jerusalem to save the lives of those Christians, he enters our hearts to save the lives of us. The story of Palm Sunday is always the same. What changes is the Gospel writer's version we study. We are in year A of the Revised Common Lectionary, and so we have spent much of our Lenten time in the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew quotes scripture a lot, and the Palm Sunday passage is no exception. He does what theological scholars call proof texting, which means taking, to take pieces of scripture to make your point to pick and choose passages that make an argument stronger or show all the places where a certain theme shows up. In this particular pericope, the author is using information from the books of Isaiah and Zechariah. The prophet who would have been reading, excuse me, the people who would have been reading and hearing this gospel for the first time would have been very, very familiar with the prophecies of the Hebrew scriptures, and thus Matthew was reminding them of those places, showing that Jesus was the one who had been promised. One important thing to remember when we read Matthew is to remember to read it through the lens of empire. The empire that the early Christians in Jerusalem were a part of was one of suffering. It was one of injustice or oppression. Jesus brought to them a new idea of empire because his message was also of empire, but one of love 
and justice and mercy. And so we have a Pax Romana versus the Christi Pace, the peace of Rome versus the peace of Christ. Yes, at the time of Christ, there was peace in Rome, but as I've mentioned before, it was not a peace of prosperity. It was not a peace of equality or of contentment. The peace was brought to the people through fear, through the puppet kings like Herod and the Romans sent to govern the various areas in the empire like Pontius Pilate. The people were under the thumb of the empire and there was only peace by threat. Jesus' arrival into Jerusalem brings truth and fulfillment to the several prophecies of the Hebrew scripture. Through his ministry and into his arrival in the city, Jesus proves himself not only to be the son of God, but a prophet in the traditional sense. First, he fulfills what the prophets before him had said, and second, his acts and the events of his life have fulfilled what he said would happen. This passage is chocked full of images for peace. Every aspect of it points to the peace that Jesus has been trying to convey and to the peace he wishes to endure after he has left earth. It comes down to this. During this historical Passover week, there are two processions into the city of Jerusalem. Pilate came from the west, decorated in glory. He was a Roman elite, after all. He had arrived with a Roman army just before Passover to make sure things didn't get out of hand. Apparently, the celebration of Passover in Jerusalem is like Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Anything can and did happen and both the Romans and the Pharisees were ready for it. But groups looking to keep control, and perhaps one group looking for any excuse to bring charges against Jesus. The Pharisees were either afraid or embarrassed of the rejoicing that was coming from the mul multitudes, concerned that it would give the Romans cause to punish the entire nation. The other procession was from the East, representing a completely different definition of peace. He was riding on a donkey, an animal that most of us would not think of first for such a ceremony. The donkey is a pack animal, humble, common, and unimposing. No one would ever ride a donkey into war, and that is exactly the point. The donkey carried the king who comes in peace. In Jerusalem on the first Palm Sunday there, these two worlds collide. The rule of Caesar is based on domination and ruthless power, while Jesus preached on justice, mercy, and the love of God. As Jesus entered the streets, the people shouted, Hosanna! There's an important lesson in the Hebrew language here, often we say Hosanna as though it is a shout of joy. We often interchange it with hallelujah as a praise, but it is a plea. It means save us. The people in the streets that first Palm Sunday are begging the Son of God to save them 
Hosanna, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, save us. In the highest way we can be saved. What is Jesus saving them from? What is Jesus saving us from? Jesus saves all people from anxiety. Jesus saves all people from fear. Jesus saves all people from grief. And so if Jesus Christ enters into the city of Jerusalem, into the week of Passover to save all of us from these things, the anxiety, the fear, the injustice, the grief, the oppression, if we are being saved from all of that, then what are we being saved for? The answer is an eternal life in the kingdom of God. Jesus entered into the city on that day to lead down the final steps on the path that led to the final steps on the path of, to the cross to save us for the eternal life in the kingdom of God. And that eternal life starts right now. It has already started for those that believe in the sanctifying love of Jesus Christ. We have been saved from all earthly worries for an eternity of love and relationship with God. We have been saved to provide hope, mercy, and justice to those in the world that have yet to feel the sanctifying love of Jesus Christ. We have been saved to love God with our whole selves and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And it starts right now. We are in the midst of turmoil, but we can still have faith in the midst of turmoil. Every single day, more information comes out that has many of us scrambling to figure out how to survive in this new or at least temporary normal. There are many of us who have lost their income. There are many who have lost their sense of security. Many who for the first time are seeing what it's like in the shoes of some of the world's poor and overworked. Finally seeing what it is like to not have everything that you need at your immediate disposal. During the last few weeks, while our church buildings have been shut down, it seems that every time I think I've got it figured out, there is new information that pops up, interrupting the flow of worship. In the midst of this turmoil, though, we have faith. We are grieved to not be all together to start our Holy Week rituals. It may seem to some of you that just that it just doesn't feel like Palm Sunday and Thursday won't seem like Monday, Thursday and Friday won't seem like Good Friday. But if ever there is a time in our lives to truly understand how quickly circumstances can change or to truly understand the, the uncertainty that our first Christian brothers and sisters felt, it is this time. We have faith in the midst of turmoil. We are shouting to Jesus, Hosanna, save us. Save us from this uncertainty. Save us from disease that has so many people paralyzed with fear and grief. Save us from those who would use this time to bolster, bolster their own egos and wealth 
at the suffering of well more than a majority of this world. This Holy Week will not be held in the church buildings, just as the first Holy Week was not held in church buildings. This Holy Week is held in the hearts, meditations, and actions of the people of God, for we are the church. This Holy Week is just as holy as any other year, perhaps even more because now we have a glimpse into the other side of life, for in the midst of turmoil, we still have faith. And now let us pray together the prayer that Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.